Hello, I'm Jim Rowe of the International Monetary Fund. With the global financial crisis worsening and recession spreading around the world, the leaders of France and Britain recently called for a new Bretton Woods Agreement. French President Nicolas Sarkozy and British Prime Minister Gordon Brown were recalling the success of the International Monetary and Financial Conference held in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire in 1944. The agreement reached at that conference produced the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, two multilateral financial institutions that played a critical role in managing the international financial system during the last half of the 20th century. Bretton Woods was neither the first nor the last time that political leaders sought to redraw all or parts of the global financial system. We have with us today to discuss the issue Mr. James Boughton, the historian of the International Monetary Fund. Welcome, Mr. Boughton. Thank you. During the last century, there were a number of attempts to redraw the international economic system. How successful were they? Most of them were not very successful at all. Bretton Woods was really a unique success in the, in the 20th century. The effort to establish a, a well-functioning international financial system really began with the Paris Peace Conference in 1918, right at the end of World War I. The primary goal was to redraw political boundaries, but the leaders who gathered in Paris also understood that they had uh, serious economic issues to deal with, and uh, they had as a goal to try to set up a system of international cooperation. But it got left aside because the political issues were so much more important. By the end of the, of the Second World War, the failures of uh, economic cooperation in the 1920s and 1930s were so obvious and so important that the people who gathered to try to remake the system after the Second World War put economics at the top of the list. So when 44 countries gathered at Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, in the northeastern United States, July 1944, they, they knew what they had to do. They faced a crisis situation. Uh, we had had a decade of depression and several years of global warfare, and trying to prevent a repeat of that was uh, very much in their minds. So a crisis focuses the mind, and they, their minds were very much focused. So Bretton Woods was a real success. It not only created these two major institutions, uh, the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, but I think even more importantly, it set up an understanding that cooperation was essential, that countries could not dominate their way through and try to get advantage over other countries, that if they didn't cooperate, that the world economy would sink again. So it was that attitude of cooperation that came out of Bretton Woods that was really a singular success. And remarkably, it succeeded so well we had 60 years of prosperity. We had a lot of ups and downs along that, and the volatility that we're seeing right now in the midst of the current crisis was a result of the prosperity in a way. But because it succeeded so well, we haven't again until now faced the kind of really major crisis that could focus the mind and really have a second Bretton Woods conference. The group of 20 which represents the globe's most important economies, set in motion last November a process that could lead to a major international conference a la Bretton Woods. 
that would try to set new rules and standards for the international economy. Should such a conference be held, what would it take for it to be a success? Well, I think a, a conference of that kind can play a major role if the goals of the conference are very well defined at the outset. I think that most people who have looked at this current crisis closely agree on what the goal should be. We, we've had a failure of financial regulation in the past 10 or 20 years. And so as international finance grew and grew, and it had a lot of benefits, it didn't have proper oversight. And I think most people agree on that now. And so if there's a, an objective to reform the oversight and the regulation of international finance, having a conference that brings together all of the major countries who have an interest in, in a better outcome, then it might succeed. But it not only takes well-defined goals. What made Bretton Woods work in 1944 was very careful planning and very careful organization. And I think two things in particular were essential to the success of Bretton Woods. One was that it had strong leadership. And the leadership came from the United States and Great Britain, which were the two major economic powers of the day. As a fortunate occurrence, there were two very brilliant men who took the lead in this. The very famous economist John Maynard Keynes and the very less well-known American economist and really government bureaucrat Harry Dexter White. But the two of them shared a goal and a vision for what kind of, of solution that they needed. So the leadership, intellectual leadership that those two men gave, and the fact that they had the full confidence and support of the two most powerful governments in the world was critical. But leadership alone could not have led to the success of Bretton Woods. It also had an inclusive process. There were 44 countries at Bretton Woods, and for at least a year leading up to Bretton Woods, Almost 20 of those countries were very actively involved in the planning. And there were meetings in Washington, there were meetings in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Countries from Latin America were involved, India was involved, even African countries were involved at that point. And so this inclusive process that led up to Bretton Woods was absolutely essential to making it work. So now, as we look in the 2009, it's clear that we need these two things again. We need leadership from the top. So the biggest and most powerful countries need to show leadership. They need to be able to make changes in their own policies. They need to be able to make adjustments to meet the needs of other countries. And they need to be prepared to listen to what other countries have to offer in this process. And that's why I think bringing in the G20 and not just a few countries is extremely important. How much did fear play a role in Bretton Woods? The memories of how bad things were in the 1920s and the 1930s. I wouldn't say it was fear so much as much as it was a real commitment, a knowledge of what had happened and a real commitment not to let it happen again. The men who gathered at Bretton Woods, and they were uh, mostly men at that time, that's no longer true, but when they gathered at Bretton Woods, Virtually their entire adult life and their whole professional life had been shaped by bad experiences. The efforts of countries in the 1920s to try to gain advantage over their neighbors. The depression had been an extremely 
traumatic experience for everybody who lived through it. And then, of course, the war with more than 40 million deaths and drawing in countries around the globe. So their experience was one of, of negativity, if you will. But it wasn't so much a fear that that would happen again, but it was a knowledge that business as usual was not going to work, that if each country insisted on preserving its own dominance, if that was their goal, it would fail. And so there was a cooperative spirit at Bretton Woods that we have very seldom seen in world affairs. And, and I think if there's a hopeful nature of the current situation, it's that you hear hints from world leaders that they understand the need for cooperation in a way that is really quite rare in history. Mr. Bowden, thank you very much. Thank you. We'll be back soon to explore other aspects of the global economic crisis with experts from the International Monetary Fund. Thanks for listening. <laughs>